This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Healthcare Ministries, a budget-friendly, biblical, and compassionate healthcare cost solution for Christians in all 50 states and around the world. Learn more at chministries.org. You're hoping that 2023 will be a better year for your finances than last year. But how can you make that happen? Hi, I'm Rob West. You don't have any control over the national economy, but you have a great deal of control over your own economy. Today, I'll share the steps to strengthen your financial condition and give you peace of mind in the bargain. Then it's on to your calls and questions at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is the new Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, there's no question that the number one thing you should do in 2023 is get out of debt. With today's higher interest rates, you're paying even more to carry balances on credit cards. Uh, Use the snowball method to pay off those cards. uh, That is prioritizing them by smallest to highest balance, paying all the minimums and using any extra funds to pay more on the smallest balance. When that's paid off, use extra funds to pay off the next smallest balance and so on. Of course, you'll need to be on a budget to determine how much extra cash you have to pay down your debt. Spending without a budget is like a circus performer working without a net. So if you don't have a budget yet, well, download the FaithFi app. That's FaithFi. It's got three different ways to set up your spending plan, and one will be just right for you. Again, you can download it at FaithFi.com. That's FaithFi.com. Now, another great financial tweak for 2023 is to start or increase your savings. We don't know what lies ahead for the economy, but having an emergency fund will help you prepare for anything. A 2022 survey by YouGov showed that 49% of Americans couldn't cover an unexpected bill of just $400. Uh, That was a big jump over the previous year, probably due to higher interest rates and inflation. So it's vital that you start putting away something from every paycheck into a savings account. Uh, Start with a goal to save $1,500, then keep going till you have one month's living expenses and don't stop until you have three to six months living expenses saved up in your emergency fund. Uh, That covers your short-term saving needs. But you also have long-term savings needs, and that means retirement investing for the day when age or health prevents you from working. So another great financial tweak for 2023 is to make sure you're at least maxing out any matching contributions in your 401k. If you want to go further, you can contribute up to $22,500 to a 401k or 403b this year. If you have an IRA, either traditional or Roth, you can contribute up to $6,500 in 2023 and an extra $1,000 if you're over age 50. Here's another way to improve your financial condition this year. Improve your skill set by taking web courses. Online learning exploded with COVID, and it remains easier than ever to get professional certifications and specializations, even undergrad and master's degrees without leaving home, and often at a fraction of the cost of in-classroom programs. 
And if you're looking for a career change, uh, there's an increased demand for tech talent. So schools are offering a lot more options for computer programming and coding classes in particular. So those are the offensive tweaks you can make to improve your finances in 2023. But what about the defensive tweaks? And by that, I mean protecting yourself from fraud and identity theft. One way to do that is by signing up for a transaction or account alerts with your bank and credit card issuer. Uh, You should be able to do that online. Once you've logged into your account, look for security settings and select the transaction monitoring option. The system will then text or email you whenever money is taken from the account, and you can take steps to minimize the damage if fraud has occurred. Uh, The credit card issuer will investigate any false charges and remove them from your account. You can also put a freeze on your credit at the three credit reporting bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, and that will prevent thieves from setting up new accounts in your name by blocking credit checks. It's free and easy to do, but you'll have to do it at each of the three bureaus individually. Uh, While you're doing that, it's also a good idea to get your credit reports. You can do that free at annualcreditreport.com. I would pull them at least every six months, if not more often. By the way, when you get those reports, look for any errors or suspicious activity. If you find something that's inaccurate, be sure to dispute it, and they'll have 30 days to resolve it or get it dropped from your report. And those are your financial tweaks for 2023. Your calls are next. 800. 525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, and we'll be right back. At Faith and Finance, we're on a mission to educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word. We're working to meet people right where they are through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from this program, would you consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron? Check out all of the benefits of a Faith and Finance patron's membership at faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Well, we're so glad to have you back with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, and we're looking forward to taking your calls and questions. Now, the name has changed, but the number's the same, 800-525-7000, 800-525-7000. By the way, Faith and Finance is listener-supported, and this is a good time for me to remind you to prayerfully consider coming alongside us as a partner of our ministry. Here's the way you do it. Just head over to our website, which also has a new name, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. And click the Give button. You can also find a certified kingdom advisor in your area. Just click Find a CKA. This is a professional who can bring you competent financial advice from a biblical perspective. The number to call today, 800-525-7000. To Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Lupe. How may I help you? Hi, Rob. Um, I had a question, and it was a little 
skeptical about how we were doing this. Um, there's a, a bank that offers uh, like a bonus payment if you deposit so much money and um, they allow um, two spouses to do, you know, their each individual accounts. And yes. my husband likes to, um, he's very um, careful with how we spend our money and how we, um, you know, make, make it grow. So this is one way of making it grow a little bit more for us since there isn't really many much options with, you know, um, making your money grow. Sure. So I was wondering if that was, if that was okay. Yeah. Well, the thing I want to be sure of though, is that you don't inadvertently end up with two accounts where you separate your finances and try to manage the, them in the sense of this is mine and this is yours. And, you know, that's just going to foster something other than I believe oneness, which is God's design for marriage. Now, if you want to take advantage of a special offer, I'd look at the fine print pretty closely just to make sure that this is the account you're going to want long-term. The bonus is nice, but what are you going to be left with? Is it an account that has any kind of interest rate associated with the savings portion? Uh, are there maintenance fees? Um, you know, are there a certain number of, is there a certain minimum balance you have to keep? And are you limited to how many withdrawals you can take or checks you can write? You know, those types of things, because uh, that bonus will come and go, and then you'll be left with, you know, perhaps more fees than you'd like moving forward. So I would just evaluate this on the merits of the account. Now, as to whether you'd want to do two, I assume just to get the bonus twice. Um, I mean, you could certainly look at that. I can't imagine that it's enough money for it to be meaningful. And I think at the end of the day, what I'd want you to be left with is one account where you all have a, a shared vision of your finances, complete transparency to, uh, between both husband and wife. One bookkeeper is fine. The person that has the greatest propensity and wiring towards administration and details would be the one uh, to handle the finances, but clearly jointly set goals, open communication, if not weekly, at least monthly, and operating out of one account. So it's all together uh, with one plan and everything gets combined no matter who earns it uh, or who incurs the expense or liability. So uh, that's my primary concern, how you get there and what kind of bonuses you take advantage of along the way. Uh, that's of little concern to me as long as you end up with the right accounts, meaning I, I want low or no fees in them, and you end up with a scenario moving forward where you can operate jointly as a married couple with regard to all of your finances. Does that make sense, though? Yes, yes. Um, and there are no um, fees or anything like that. And this is strictly just for um, making our money work a little bit more. <clears throat> okay. This yeah. isn't really an account that we would use. Um, and and we do have um, all our accounts as a joint thing. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so this would be, you'd only keep it open as long as you needed to, to be able to keep the bonus, and then perhaps you'd close it at some point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly don't have a problem with that as long as you read the fine print and understand what you're committing yourself to in order to get it. But at the end of the day, if you can uh, find some free money, uh, that's just good stewardship. So <laughs> I like the track that you're on here, Lupe, and we appreciate your call very, very much. Thanks for listening and your encouraging remarks. Uh, Fairview, Tennessee. Hi, Sherry. How can I assist you? Hello. Um, just have a, a few questions and everything for you. 
Social Security, I'm getting to the age to where uh, we're looking into me retiring. And because of health issues, I'm needing to uh, get off the road and not travel as much as what I have done in the past. With that being said, um, the income that I have, I don't know how the Social Security really works. So could you help me to understand that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, the the very best way... um, for you to understand what you need is to start by going uh, to the Social Security's website and using um, the calculator that they have there. It's a, a benefit calculator that will give you some details on exactly what you might expect. Uh, essentially, the benefits, though, Sherry, are based on your lifetime earnings. So your actual earnings are adjusted or what they call indexed uh, to an account for changes in average wages um, since you started contributing in. And then they calculate your average monthly earnings during the 35 years in which you earned the most. Okay, so whenever you have a year where you earned higher than a previous year, that replaces a year, but it's the highest 35 years. And then they take that to determine how much your income will stream will be um, as long as you make it to full retirement age, which is either 66 or 67 currently. Um, but in terms of what that means for you based on what you've been paying in, and where they project you will be uh, at full retirement age, uh, that's where the Social Security Administration can help you understand the actual dollar amount you would expect to receive if you wait till full retirement age. So the two ways to access that information are either to go to their website, ssa.gov, and use the benefit calculator, or schedule a meeting virtually uh, with a Social Security Administration representative who can actually pull up your file and understand that. The other thing is, they do mail you once a year uh, a document that says what your projected benefits are based on what you've been paying in. But they're wonderful and would be happy to answer any questions you have, and I think that'd be a great next step for you. So again, that website, ssa.gov. Let's uh, quickly go to Illinois. Rob, we have just a minute left. How can I help? Hey, how are you doing? Um, Doing great. My question is, we are a small church here in Fairmount, Illinois, We've got about $30,000 in savings spread out over a couple CDs and uh, checking account. Virtually, they're earning no interest at all. And the statement that you made about the um, inflation rate, uh, we're actually losing money, having that money sitting there in the account. What do you recommend that we, we do to earn more interest to maybe put that money to work for us? Yeah. Well, uh, clearly, I would be looking for a a savings account that uh, can pay you a bit more. Uh, You know, typically, a lot of the savings accounts that you'll hear us talk about are for consumers only. So you need to find one uh, that will take business accounts. So you could do that at bankrate.com or nerdwallet.com. Both would give you some great options. I would also check with uh, some of the institutions that serve uh, churches in particular, uh, like Thrivent or ECCU, Evangelical Christian Credit Union, I think would be two great choices. But then really just any high-yield savings account is about the best you're going to get with the safety you're looking for. Interest rates are going up some, but they're still not very exciting. We appreciate your call, Rob. We're going to pause for a brief break, and then we'll be back on Faith and Finance. So don't go away. We're 
grateful for support from Guidestone, whose diversified suite of investment solutions align with Christian values to create positive change in the world. More information is available at GuidestoneFunds.com. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of Guidestone Funds before investing. They're distributed by Foresight Funds Distributors, LLC, which is not an advisory affiliate, a registered investment advisor, nor do they provide investment advice. Do you feel like your hands are tied with debt, preventing you from serving God? If you have credit card debt, Christian credit counselors can help. Through our debt management program, we can get you out of credit card debt about 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. For more information on how Christian credit counselors can help, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985. Welcome to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. In just a moment, we'll take your calls and questions on anything financial. We've got some lines open today, and we'd love to hear from you, whatever's on your mind. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. We're going to begin today in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hi, Marie. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, first, I'd like to say how much I appreciate you taking my call and your sure. ministry. <laughs> oh, thank you very um, much. So, you're welcome. So, I'm a single mom with an adult child, and I'm wanting to make a will to allow for uh, him to have an inheritance, uh, especially since I'm soon to get married. Um, I've heard that my spouse could get everything if I passed and I didn't have a will. But the flip side is I've also heard that even if, excuse me, even if I do have a will, um, he could contest the will. So my question is, is it better to make the will before I got married or afterwards? Mm. Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And you are going to need to get some legal counsel here. I'm not an attorney, but this would certainly be one of those triggering events, Marie, that requires you to not only update your legal documents, including a will, but also a durable power of attorney or a healthcare surrogate, updating beneficiaries. Uh, you know, this type of uh, transition uh, into marriage, especially later in life with a, an adult child, um, is something that requires you just to make sure you have everything in place. Um, and it is going to vary by state. You know, in some cases, uh, what you may be referring to as a will can be in, invalidated if you uh, marry later and have a child. Um, you know, so both the marriage and the birth of the child have to occur after execution of the will for it to be invalidated. But it, it doesn't sound like that will be the case here. However, as I said, you need to get some legal counsel just to make sure first that you've decided, and this is going to need to involve communication with your uh, future spouse, uh, for you all to be on the same page about how you want to handle your finances as you enter marriage. Obviously, two become one, but when you marry later, especially when you've had a, a previous marriage or, and or a child, uh, you just want to think through that and be open and honest with one another, recognizing that once you marry, uh, everything is shared, including your finances. But you may want to approach uh, in this situation uh, certain assets differently that are brought into a, a marriage later in life. And as long as there's open communication, it's uh, you know there's trust built, and everybody's on the same page about that on the front end. Uh, promoting togetherness 
but also uh, honest dialogue about a, a child that um, is from, uh, you know, outside this marriage. Uh, I think that's okay. And then you go visit with the attorney once you've talked through that and you all are on the same page to say, okay, now how do we execute this plan uh, in a legal document? And that's where uh, an attorney can draw that up for you, uh, including perhaps, well, we'll most certainly include a will and you may want to include other legal instruments as well. So I would encourage you to go ahead and visit with that person prior to marriage once you and your fiance have discussed that and uh, decided how you'd like to proceed, then talk through it. And then based on the laws in your state, it will be uh, drafted and executed at the appropriate time. So uh, I want to do, I want to send you a copy of uh, Howard Dayton's book, Money and Marriage God's Way. I think it will be an encouragement to you if you can read through that. But uh, absolutely go ahead and um, talk through and then take care of those estate planning issues uh, prior to marriage. And we appreciate your call today. 800-525-7000. We're going to go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, my hometown. Hi, Renee. How can I help? Um, Yes, I have a husband um, and myself are using the program as best as possible. The, we've put our all of our credit cards and everything we put on the index cards. We put the amount we owed and all that kind of stuff. And we hit kind of a, the next thing that we're going to aim to pay off. He okay. wants to pay off one of the high credit cards and I want to pay off the condo. The condo is actually an extra. It's our income property. Um, we're down to $30,000 on it, 32. And we have a $15,000 credit card and a $12,000 credit card yet to go. And um, he wants to pay those off first because that's what the program had said. And I'm like, but since their income, once we pay this off, we'll be able to make larger, you know, double the payments, not just the payment that we would normally have. And so that's why I was calling. Okay. So if I understand correctly, you're on track, you're making some progress financially. Uh, You've accomplished some of your initial goals, but you're trying to decide between paying off an investment property versus credit cards. Do I get that right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Do you already have Uh, emergency savings, Renee? We have some, yes. And I'm glad that you made us do that because our car got hit. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, you know, I typically say if you have credit card debt, I'd start with a goal of $1,500 and then let's get to the credit cards first. And so I'm, I'm kind of tipping my hand here on where I'm going to go with your next move uh, because I want to get out from under that high interest credit card debt. Then I'd go back to the emergency fund, get that up to a minimum of three months expenses. Then I would start to think about the investment property. Listen, if you're able to cover the expenses on that investment property, then somebody else is paying the mortgage. And as long as you're putting something aside for maintenance and reserves, um, and I'm hearing you even have a little bit perhaps coming back to you, that's a good thing. And I guarantee you the interest rate on that condo is a lot lower than on these two credit cards. So in terms of the total money you're spending to service the debt, the credit cards are the obvious next choice. I'd start with the $12,000 balance, regardless of what the interest rate is, because that's the one you're going to get paid off the quickest. When you get paid that one off, let's take the minimum payment on that plus what you were sending extra. Let's go to the $15,000 credit card debt. And then um, I'd probably go back to the emergency fund, get that up to four to six months expenses, then to the condo and get that paid off. Uh, I just think that's the right priority use of that, uh, especially if, again, the condo is cash flowing in such a way that you're at the very minimum covering the debt service and the expenses. Does that make sense, Renee? 
Okay, well, then Greg wins. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then we'll do it that way. <laughs> okay. Tell, tell Greg that uh, he and I are thinking on the same page today, but uh, only this time. Let's not let it go to his head, okay? All right. Thank you so very much. All right. God bless you, Renee. We appreciate your call today. And that's going to do it for us today. And as we wrap up, let me just say thanks for being with us today. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and coaches, and web designers and media producers working each day to develop tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible with Without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the Give button to sign up. We'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set an alarm on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, Lord willing, and I hope you will be too for the next installment of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.